To support this podcast, go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Any amount is appreciated. Once again, positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Thank you and enjoy the program. Almost like it never existed, but it fucking did. So do me a favor. Go f*** yourself. Ocean, but we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, like, subscribe, share, donate. PositiveSarcasm.com slash donate. Any amount is appreciated. The Weeble app is available in the affiliate link in the description down below. Sign up. You'll get free stocks. They got cash management at 5% right now. They got a new IRA that just opened up for like 5%, which also gives you bonuses. They got all kinds of stuff going on right now. And I know that uh, the market is going to like literally like crash up or do something crazy next year. You want to be a part of that now. You want to be a part of that now. So go ahead, sign up in the affiliate link in the description down below. You'll get free stocks, fund your account. Your cash management is FDIC protected. It is an awesome, awesome application. Um, It is my go-to for investing. So please check out the description. Get yourself signed up. Now, of course, if you do sign up with that affiliate link, I get free stocks as well. It's a great way for you to just, you know, you don't have to just throw your money here, donate, you know, to keep making crappy podcasts. It's like, no, you can sign up using that affiliate link and get money for yourself. Stocks that you can either trade, keep, use to buy other stocks or start your cash management, um, which I believe is between four and 5%. If interest rates start to go lower, obviously your interest rates on your, on your cash management could go down, but stocks and other things will rise in its stead. So you have these options. Get started today. Make your own retirement possible. Uh, questions, concerns, comments, you can email me directly through my website, positivesarcasm.com. You can go to the contact page. Boom. There you go. There's also an affiliate link there. The Instagram is at positive underscore sarcasm. You can uh, check me out there if you'd like. Uh, I don't post on there very often. Um, but if you do follow my, um, account, you'll be able to see some of my highlights that I put up there every once in a while, whether it's, uh, a new link to some music reaction or to the latest podcast or to, uh, a couple other things here and there. I try not to overly post, um, just, you know, uh, social media can suck you in and it can really, it can take the soul right out of you. So I, my goal today, um, actually let me just lower this. A little bit, sorry. There we go. That's good enough. So my goal today, I wanted to, you know, Chase and I want to see the sunrise, and then we wanted to record at the studio, and or excuse me, the the Oceanside Studio, which is, you know, kind of funny when you think about it. I don't have one right there right now. Um, well, number one, it it was it was all cloudy, so there's a storm front moving in. You couldn't see anything, nothing. So it's like okay. But the waves were beautiful. You know, the scenery was still beautiful. It was clear out. You could hear the waves. You could hear the wind. It was like, okay, cool. Well, I'll just do this from my car, and then I'll position it correctly so that you can at least see the waves coming in and the people watching them. And then, uh, you know, state police troop A sitting there waiting to do something, which I'm not sure why, but okay. Um, and then I have this, but I have not, and this happens to me. Like last, a couple weeks ago, uh, I unplugged a couple things for some odd reason on on this my stationary device and of course i didn't think to double check that if my recordings were not uh, were working or not and i had a good rant going about uh napoleon my thoughts about napoleon and basically 
how there'll always be war, there'll always be conquerors, blah, blah, blah. And then I didn't realize it after like 50-something minutes, I went to do the editing and I realized there's no audio, which is fantastic. So that is not, you know, I had to do a secondary podcast a day later, which did not come out as well as I'd like to, but posted it anyways because you got to see the mistakes, you got to see the failures in order to see the triumphs. Or, or just you got to see the attempts in general. You got to put yourself out there like that. Um, and then this week, this morning, I had another laptop that I have not tested yet, but it's going to be my for I going. I'm testing it out as a prototype go-to podcast for when I'm on the road because apparently my ROG, my Republic of Gamers laptop, um, is not functioning the way I'd want it to. Number one, the battery dies on it very, very quickly. Uh, number two, it's not. Uh, streaming the information as quickly as this machine I have in front of me, it um, it's starting to suffer blue blue screen syndrome, which I don't know why. Obviously, it was based. It's a Windows 10 based system, but I'm running Windows 7 on it because Windows 7 is less resource heavy. Um, I don't use it for a, a lot of other things other than just maybe a little bit of recording and then you know some office based work. But that's about it. It's not it's not loaded to the gills with junk, and I don't game. So the that's not been working right. So I'm thinking about maybe making a change uh, with that computer. So I'm left with this a uh, little bit older Gen i7 that is an, uh, a heavy a heavy duty based office laptop, and it can't find audio. So I'm checking this morning to see if it can find audio. It's not record. It's not finding any microphone um, data at all. It I. And believe me, people could be like, well, you do this, 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 and this. And it's like, hey, I, I'm trying those things. And I'm trying them on the fly. But unfortunately, there was no internet by the Seacoast because there you go. Um, there was no way for me to figure that out at the time. So I'm going to have to put it through its paces, figure out a, ta- a plan of action, what I can connect to it, what I can't connect to it, try to upgrade some stuff here, figure it out, troubleshoot it, make sure it's locked in with those settings in OBS, that I u- program I use to record and everything. And then once I f- feel it's ready for being out there and doing like Oceanside podcasts on its own battery, because these podcasts don't go very long uh, by the ocean. They 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 don't even reach you know nowadays they're probably like 45 minutes to just under an hour here at the studio, and so by the seacoast you're probably gonna get like maybe a 30 minute podcast, but it's still a great podcast because it's scenic, it's self-reflective. There's no internet, so all you have is your own thoughts. So it's it's a, and also I like the seacoast podcast because it's a stripped down version of this this is safe like this area is this environment is safe it's comfortable it's good to have a studio don't get me wrong it's good to sit down and go to work and and take the you know get your information almost immediately search for updates do automatic calculations check out uh prices emails everything like that right in front of you so i can be a little quicker but the stripped down version The stripped-down versions of the podcast, it just they're just nicer. This ain't the stuff isn't here. It's just the feeling, the the salt water, or uh, if you're doing like a fresh water, you know, if you're just out in the wilderness or whatever. But at the end of the day, it's it's a different environment, so you're gonna get a different type of podcast. You're gonna get a different type of feel. It shouldn't always be the same thing. You gotta switch it up. And the fact that you what and what do you need? You just need your laptop. You need a uh, respectable either webcam. And I, I prefer a 
separate one than the one that's on the laptop. Those to me don't, those aren't good. I don't like those. I would prefer, so I have a nice uh, new Logitech webcam, which does great in daylight or uh, light, nice lighted areas. So I don't have to use my AX433 Sony as much. Um, it's lighter, it's easy to set up, it runs off the battery power of the laptop. So these, these are a lot of the perks of it. It's just a lot lighter to carry around. So you need that and a tripod for it to stand on. And if you're gonna set it on a rock, but generally a whole size, po a whole size tri uh, tripod's perfect. And then just a basic microphone. A basic microphone. If you have like a Razer Mini that you have kicking around that you can plug in via USB, great. It's fine. They're, they're a little bit better quality um, than like a, just an analog microphone, but either one will do. Either one will do, and as long as the you as long as the wire connections to the laptop are long enough where you can kind of get the scenery and you're not like you know just a little bit of slack so that you can set up your environment very quickly, um, is perfect. And then you should have your dedicated stuff that goes with that that la that particular uh, computer, so that it's not trying to recognize a new thing. You don't have to change settings. You can just sit down open things up connect stuff and then just go to work and then bring your bring your data back to the studio and edit it there that is something that i want to i need to do a better job of and i'm not doing that so i didn't think ahead but i think this laptop will be an excellent addition to the spare parts studios um it's just a matter of getting it configured so that it can go out and do these missions, unlike today, which was a giant failure. Did it record? Was it recording video? Yes, it was. Was it recording audio? Well, pfft. no, no, it wasn't. Not with the not with the built-in speakers. Not with the webcam. Not with the microphone. Wasn't doing anything. So the next time it's out there, it will be ready. It'll be prepared. I'll actually be working on it today. After. I start chopping up some turkey and getting that in the oven because this is going to be my first of three turkeys uh, for 2023 that I'm going to be cooking and um, going to be following the same pattern that I always do. So it was it was disappointing. It is disappointing. Um, it's not you know it's a setback that I I don't need right now. Things are, are you know. So I'm going to try to get everything prepared. I'm uh, I'm getting rid of a couple. I'm selling a couple things that I I've been thinking about for future terms, future times, but I don't I don't necessarily need them. So it's like a lamp and there's a laptop that I had I was doing as a project. So I have a I have two rogs. I have a uh, like a, an older gen uh, rog, not first gen. Like a fourth gen rog that I I have as a go-to. It's heavy as shit. But it is a great durable laptop. It just needs, I think it needs to be flashed with like a better operating software now. I was going to do, I was trying, um, what do you call it? I was thinking about going like an open OS, like, uh, you know, something uh, Linux based, but I'm going to have to see what happens. Um, so there's that option of going like totally Linux open OS or trying to aim for a more stable Windows 10, which it, which it was built on, which all of its drivers are built on. So I will see, and it, ha it just has to be snappy. I don't want to be sitting here playing Code Monkey all day. I want my stuff to just work. But I'm not going to go out there and spend $600 on a machine. There's no need for it when stuff is essentially free for me. So, and then I have a like a you know a late 2018, 2019. Um, 
ROG, but it's completely stripped down. There's no RAM in it. There's no hard drives in it. And I was going to do some repairs on it because it was obviously there was an issue because other idiots touched it. But I was thinking, it's like, look, I, I got other laptops to do this work. So I'm thinking like down the road, if I need like a heavy editing computer, I can get something easily. But I my goal is actually to get a tablet to continue doing mobile uh, power director type editing. And that would only cost me like a few hundred bucks. And that would be the one new computer I would actually consider buying. But this one, I think I'm just going to sell it for parts because the motherboard's in there, the, 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 um, the whatchamacallit, the, the, you know, obviously the case, it's a beautiful laptop, all the, you know, all the screws and stuff, the motherboard's in there, the chipset's in there. So it's just like, let's just sell it off to somebody who wants to put it back together, who they, therefore, they deserve it. They deserve to have it. So give it to them. Let them handle it. Let me make a few bucks off of it. I mean, it's an $800 machine that if you was if you found it on like eBay or whatever, it sells for like 800 bucks. So let me just sell it for a few bucks. Give it to somebody who's willing to you know do the work on it, and then and just be done with it because I'm spending more time than I need to on something that I don't need at this point at all. Okay. You know, I, I've acquired a new, a new laptop. I have another laptop that just needs to be refreshed. I have several desktops just in case. And I'm getting another server, a backup, a, a, an additional server to the one I have. So I'm like, we're good. We don't, don't need any more. Don't need any more. I mean, my reasoning for having it was because it's much lighter than the current gen ROG that I have. Because the, the, the fourth gen ROG is, it weighs like 15, 20 pounds. It's gigantic. Uh, and it's starting to tear my bag apart. So take that out, put something else in, use the ROG for other stuff. Um, and I had that other laptop. Now that I have that other laptop, which is much lighter, much more portable, and has a decent battery life on it, I can go ahead and use, utilize that one. Because any generation i7, any generation i7 will do the job, hands down. As long as you have an SSD in there and 16 gigs of RAM, that i that that i7 will absolutely be the workforce for all your 1080p based requirement uh, programs, hands down. It is, as long as you strip it down. I mean, it's all about how many tasks are you running. But if you're just using a little bit of internet, maybe a little bit of YouTube and OBS then you're set. But if you're starting to add in multiple monitors with programs running here, there, and everywhere, and a Twitch stream, and this at the same time, it's okay. That's when that i7 is going to, that older i7 is going to start to strain. That is not my intention. I keep things very stripped down so I don't, so the money doesn't start to stretch. Um, mm. Speaking of stretching money, so uh, obviously every winter I store my summer car um i finally put it to sleep this saturday i found a really good deal in a uh, um in a town that's just about about 10 minutes away which is roughly 5.3 miles i'll tell you that 5.3 miles 10 minutes drive away for a reason so um i drove the car there parked it found a great deal it's actually cheaper than the my last storage place that I've used twice. It's about $40, $50 cheaper, which is awesome. Awesome, considering the price of everything has gone up. Like gas is still $350 a gallon, where prior to 2020, it was $250, $240 a gallon. So still a dollar more per gallon. There's that. Food prices up. Egg prices 
uh, egg prices, I consider them separate than other food prices, are up. Um, so that being said, it's like it's great to find an excellent deal uh, not far, far away. Literally, you know, just a few three minutes more than where my last storage place was. So fantastic. I get there. I'm like, all right, well, I, you know, I don't have anybody available to me to get back to uh, where I need to go, considering that my um, car is, what, 25 minutes away. My winter car is 25 minutes away, and my place of residence is 10 minutes away. All right, let me get a lift because I don't use Uber. So let me see if there's a lift available. I check. Like two minutes before I went to check in and ask for a lift, there was a few kicking around. There was some down by the seacoast. There was da t uh, some one town over. Um, and then as soon as I go to request it, they're all gone. They're all gone. So I'm like, all right, let me walk to the, the traffic circle, see if there's a couple there. Now, mind you, I'm carrying um, my normal daily backpack. I have a laptop bag with two laptops in it. Thank God. Christ, I don't have my ROG with me because I don't think I would have been able to handle it. Um, well, I would have been able to handle it, but it would have been a, a lot tougher. But I have my laptop bag that I'm carrying, a small drone with me. I'm wearing multiple layers because it, it was a little cold out. Little, but not too much. And, of course, my regular-sized backpack, which has, you know, there's a firearm in there. There is a... What else? There's... Um, you know, bunch of other stuff, some technology, wiring, just stuff I need to get through the day. I get to the traffic circle, there's nobody there. Walk a little further, nobody was responding. So it's like, okay, well, I have all this stuff with me. Uh, screw it. Now, if you want, I mean, you want to see how far it was? Um, let me see if I can get that for you. Let's see. Go up here. Article monitor. There we go. So, starting at the green dot right here, basically, and then walking to the traffic circle, and then as proceeded to hoof it and just walk, just walk five miles, which uh, I don't know how long that takes. I mean, obviously, it's at least an hour if you're going to hoof it. Just walking with all of this stuff. Walking along Route 4, just like, hey, if that's if all you have is your feet, you know, if that's your only option is your feet, then use them. Just use them. That's, that's what you got. That's what you got. Use them. All right? If you got a few pounds on your back, the military can do it. Hikers can do it. You can do it too. Just do it. All right? I know some people, you know, they scoff at the fact that you have you had to walk five miles. It's like, so what? You got to do it. I had to. So as soon as I get to the border um, of my place of residence, um, as soon as I get to the border, I got to stop doing that because my map is, my fucking frames per second is going wild and this computer cannot handle it. Um I'm going to close out of that. As soon as I get to the border of the town, I'm about, I'd say, 20 minutes away, 15, 20 minutes away. I get an alert saying that a driver is on their way. Finally, a driver's on their way. They are 
seven minutes out. I am 14. And it's like, okay. So I text the driver through the app and I'm like, all right, um, I'm here. Uh, I might be a couple minutes. And then I get to the border of the town. I haven't heard anything. Uh, I'm like, all right, he's about two minutes late, late, wait later. I'm just getting into town. Um, it's, then I get an alert saying, your driver is about to arrive. Please make sure that your stuff is ready and be outside waiting for him. So I'm like, fuck it. So I have all this gear on me. I've already hiked five miles, you know, down the road. Now I got to huff. Now I actually got to run. I got to jog a little bit or, or move quicker. So I start hoofing it up the hill with all this crap on me. And as soon as I get up the hill, there they are. I look. I mean, I'm about to run into the parking lot. I see him. I give him a little wave. He pulls in. I jump in. I just throw all my crap in, covered in sweat. And then, boom, we're done. Because I, I, because I, I decided to move my ass and hoof it down the road and do what I needed to do. The car that I love the most is sleeping. I was able to, you know, for honest, uh, sadly, a few extra bucks, uh, get down to where my uh, winter car was so I could drive it back. You know, gotta do what you gotta do, right? So, so along the way. I let my body rest. You know, it's only like a 10, 12 minute drive down to where I needed to go. Rested a little bit, did some texting, checked up on a few things, got back in my car, drove back uh, here, picked up my my best buddy, brought him down to the park, let him run around, took care of some errands and stuff like that, and we were we were good. We were good. So, not not too bad. Not too. I mean, I made it work, and so I, I made sure that my finances were all set up so that um, storing. Because at the end of the day, you are storing something for 140 something bucks a month, and that's going to be for like four months until um, you can pull it out of storage. So these are you got to you financially whatever it is, prepare for it. And I've been double checking my finances to make sure when we go into the new year, because prices of everything are are going up. You know, my cost of living going up, cost of parking is going up. Um, taxes are going to come after me this year. Uh, so, thankfully, they just got rid of the. Well, they didn't get rid of, but they delayed the Venmo $600 tax rule. But I've been very much, you know, shying away from using Venmo a lot, like a lot. So I've been converting. I've converted to using my debit card. I've converted to using cash. So. Um, I don't, I don't, that, that thing is really like triggered me into being like, I don't want them taking advantage of my thinking, my idea of convenience. To me, there's nothing more convenient than having cash on you. So I'm going to those finances. I'm paying more attention to what I'm, what's being charged, this, that, and the other thing. Cause I'm doing very, very well in that scope, but I go to check my credit card which I don't use very often anymore. So I'm on, I'm on guard for any any weird charges. I see something for TransUnion. If you don't know what TransUnion, TransUnion like Equifax or Experian or FICO or CreditWise, they're all credit monitoring or credit bureau agencies. Okay? So they they're, you know, they get pulled when you go to get a car loan or 
they get used when you're trying to buy a house or uh, when you're trying to get an apartment or a loan for something like that or all these things. And TransUnion is one of the big ones. So I'm like, TransUnion? I'm like, why would I be getting a, a, a charge for them? $24.95. I'm like, huh, that's weird. And there's a phone number right there. I'm like, okay. So I tried calling it, nothing. I tried calling it yesterday, got somebody. And I was like, all right, here's my information. I'm like, first of all, it is TransUnion. It's like, well, why would I give them my social over the phone and my other information? I'm like, hold on a second. This is TransUnion. TransUnion already has that information. <laughs> so I double check. I'm like, this is TransUnion, the credit reporting agency, right? And they're like, yes, it is, and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, okay. And they have my credit card already. All right, so... Let's go ahead and take the gamble and see what the fuss is about. I'm like, what are these charges? What is this charge for $24, this annual fee? And like, it's a, um, it's for cre credit monitoring ser services. I'm like, I don't remember authorizing any type of credit monitoring for that amount of money. Or, or just in general. I'm like, I'll monitor my own damn credit, thank you very much. Um, and, and I have a bank that does it for me. I'm like, I don't. No, I don't want this. I'm like, can I cancel this? They're like, yeah, we'll cancel your monthly fee. I'm like, monthly fee? I'm like, how many months? I'm like, oh, I don't get it. I'm like, so, I'm like, can we just cancel this? I, I don't want the credit monitoring. There is a service.transunion where you can go and get your credit history. If you actually want your credit score, that costs money. But your credit history is, you know, just as valuable. Your score determines basically what kind of rate that you're going to be qualified for. Uh, but other factors can also determine that. But if you have like an excellent credit history and you've got a great, you got a, if you got a flawless uh, credit history within the last 10 years, and also you have excellent income and you ha you're using a high uh, down payment on something and all those things, then there's no you're gonna get a tier one rate. So I go okay. So she's like, well, we'll cancel. Um, this you will know, cancel the, the the subscription and we'll issue a refund i'm like okay and she yeah i'm like so for for this month she goes we will issue a refund for the last 12 months i'm like the last 12 months she's like yes i go how i'm like out of curiosity how many how long has this been when did i actually sign up for this she goes uh 2000 and august of 2021 I'm like, three years? Are you serious? So, to put it in perspective, I've unknowingly been charged almost three, yeah, literally, just shy of $300 a year. $300 a year for a service I never use. Extremely foolish on my part. I didn't even realize that it was in there. And this is what happens when you when you stop using things like your credit card because it's it's like you become numb to these charges now it's useful for things like maybe like pandora which is a you know you don't want to overdraft or whatever um but the more incremental you become with your finances the more you see things like this and you're able to stop it but i guess over the past four years <clears throat> i was getting past three years um I was charged 200. Well, let's see. What is it? Two twenty. Two ninety nine. So let's put just say 300. So 24.95 times 12. 299 dollars times three. 898 dollars. So 900 dollars. 
nine hundred dollars. You know how much nine hundred fucking dollars is? So you uh, divide that by six dollars a share. That's one hundred and forty-nine shares. That's one hundred and forty-nine uh, shares of PSEC, or it's uh, nine hundred dollars divided by um, let's see, four dot ninety is 183 shares times 0 0.08 yeah 140 something 180 shares of OXLC which is a monthly dividend paying stock that uh, gives you 8 cents a month and that gives you 14 uh, 14.50 a month $14.50 a month in dividends and you times that by 12 that's $176 a year that it pays you just to hold the stock. And I lost that money by not paying attention because using my credit card solely is my method of payment. And now I have stopped doing that. So they refunded me $12. So they refunded me, excuse me, 12 months. So I saved myself. I got back almost $300, which is awesome I'm, I'm happy about that but these are like the little things like got to be paying attention to that stuff you got it this is why i definitely it because you're expecting to have a balance on your credit card so random charges you start to become numb to and this was like i said i'm not perfect but i'm trying hard to be better in all aspects of my existence and i gotta tell you this much that was a perfect example of what happens when you're not paying attention and, um, and you're numb to your finances. You know, I'm no stranger to it. I, you know, I literally just found out what that was, and I've been spending two, three hundred dollars a year on a credit monitoring. So, you know, I'm down three six. So I lost six hundred dollars in that year. Sad, but I recovered three hundred. So it's like, okay, that's done. So I'm going to be saving myself. $25 a month, which is good. My, apparently, I didn't know it, but now my cost of living has gone down $25. My bills have gone down by $25. This is, I have to look at it this way. Like, I didn't know. Thankfully, they were monitoring my credit. Nothing bad happened to my, uh, nothing bad happened. I, I've never, I haven't suffered any identity theft, which is great. Um, I still, I have nothing against TransUnion. I'm a little annoyed uh, that this took place, but I'm over it at this point. I got this year's money back. They didn't hesitate. They got their money's worth out of me. They got at least 600 bucks, and they didn't have to do anything to really get it. They just – I ran a macro, and that's it. They checked my credit. But I got mo that, mo that money immediately back. It's already back, which will lower the amount that I have on one, only the only credit card that I have currently active, which will make my credit score look even better. And that's great because that will pay for – that pays for two months of, of winter storage right there. That pays for two months of – two out of like four months of winter storage right there. So, bam, that's – December's paid for. January's paid for. All I got left is February and March. And then, boom, out it goes. Back to saving money on that. Love it. So that's like – okay, I don't feel – that bad about it i can't freak out over it it's not healthy for anybody it's not healthy for me but these are it's, it's like an important lesson of like stop using your fucking credit card i know that the rewards is great but is it 
especially with high interest rates, if you look, you there are sometimes every time you make a uh, a purchase using like an American Express or other credit cards, they will give you a monthly charge just for using the credit card. So it's like, oh, you know, um, zero annual fees, but then you go to spend uh, you go to spend money, use that credit card to buy something, boom, you get hit with a purchase charge. And then of course on top of that, at a minimum of a 17% interest rate on on a balance on your balance so they have to go that's money that you're wasting that's money that you're wasting you don't need to be doing that so right now strip it down start working within your budget work within the money that actually comes in if you have a side income cool if you have a side hustle pay all that shit down use that side hustle to pay off all of your debt all of your debt just put it towards the debt and it will incrementally uh, get better and better and better, and then all of a sudden you're going to be in the positive. I mean, just from just the realization that that happened, that's a perfect lesson for somebody like me, and perfect lesson for somebody like you who's trying to get upside because I didn't, I didn't pay attention. I wasn't paying attention. Didn't realize it. Hmm. What's cool about something like that is now that I'm paying more attention to finances like that. Um, and it took me a long time to figure out this stuff, like incrementally, now that I'm in a position to be essentially master of my own finances and I am on the up, like I have value, like I actually have value. If you were to, if I were to die tomorrow, somebody's getting a sum of money. All right. That's pretty cool. It's a cool thing to think. It's, it's a cool thing to think about. Like I actually have monetary value in case of my de-existence. Um, so that is that's awesome. Um, so, but as you, I've uncovered that, so that's not going to happen again. But here's the thing: is I've uncovered that. What else am I going to uncover that is going to help me out financially or whatever? Like I'm, I've I've uncovered that. You go to clean your room. You find something you haven't seen in a long time. You, uh, uh, uh what do you call it? You keep doing it you're going to find more you're going to find opportunity for the space that you have available so this is a perfect time to do that perfect time to do it you know is another thing too is you know obviously i'm driving my winter car i can buy you can i i saw a car the other day like for a few hundred bucks it could be repaired it's it's got 46,000 miles on it it's being sold for like 2 grand right now it has like a weird temperature regulation thing that needs to be changed because uh, when it gets up to temperature, it kind of just like it doesn't work very well. Might be the mass airflow sensor. It might be an electronic. Uh, uh, what do you call it? Thermostat. Most basic, basic shit that most cars have. Most modern day cars have since the late 80s, basically. But if you have in, in those early 90s, uh, uh, you know, GM products or those early to late 90s uh, Ford products, they were great. They were great, reliable cars. So if you can grab one with less than 50,000 miles on it for a couple grand, you are styling. You're absolutely styling. You know, super reliable transportation. So think about it. Everybody's telling me that used car prices, yeah, use, the average used car price right now is $26,000. And the average, so think about that. The average used, cars, used car price right now, $26,000. And the average miles of those cars is more than 60 thousand miles and yet the car i'm looking at with a minor repair minor repair would be two thousand dollars or less probably less than two thousand dollars and then a couple hundred bucks worth of repair 
with 46,000 miles. So it's like, I don't, like I said, I live in a different universe than these people that are willing to spend over 20 grand for a used car. Okay, fine. Fine. Maybe, yeah, I get it. Comes with a warranty, gets really good gas mileage, blah, blah, blah. All right, fine. But you're going to pay for all that. You're going to pay for all that. I sent a picture to um, the guy about the Lincoln from. It's going on its fourth year of winter service. And I paid $1,200 for that car. I paid $1,200 freaking dollars for that car. Can you imagine that? $1,200. And I've driven it just under 20,000 miles. And it's been you know, re- basically reliable every single day. And I did an airport run with it, which I made a nickel on. So that paid for some of those repairs that I did originally in the beginning. You know, that's, it's definitely made its, it's made its money. It's served its purpose. It's absolutely for a, you know, a car that I've had for going on four years now. I, I paid 1200 bucks for it. Jesus Christ. I could get rid of that car, go get this other car and have another 60,000 miles of room to work with and get more gas mileage. But I'd be getting this, essentially the same type of car, four doors, comfy, big trunk, you know, that type of car. Um, and 46,000 miles on it? Yeah, I could do that. Could absolutely do that. Uh, so that being said, um, I'm going to go ahead and switch over to dig.com's Q&A. Grab a couple of those before we close up shop for this week at the podcast. Once again, sorry I couldn't do a Seacoast uh, version podcast, uh, you know, seaside or in the seashore, but I didn't check my equipment, and that's 100% on me. 100% on me. So, uh, anyways, where are we going here? We're doing this. There we go. By the way, if you want to support this podcast, go ahead, sarcasm.com slash donate. Any amounts appreciated. Uh, but the Weeble app is available in the description down below. And uh, if you want to listen to this podcast, anywhere podcasts are available, iTunes, Podcast Addict, uh, Spotify, iHeartRadio. Um, and then, of course, the video version of this podcast is exclusively on Rumble. Rumble.com. Go to Positive Sarcasm. Here we go. My in-laws are coming for a visit next week. They are retired and they moved before I met my husband uh, to another country. Let me read that again because I, I didn't get that. My in-laws are coming for a visit next week, period. They're retired, comma, they moved, comma, before I met my husband, comma, to another country about a five-hour flight from where we live, period. Last time they visited us, they ended up staying for seven weeks. Yep, seven. They told us they would stay for about three weeks, but kept extending it. My husband was just as miserable as I was, but uh, wouldn't ask them to leave. We know they never stay that long with his brother, Mike, and his wife, Carla, uh, in quotations, the names, but my husband asked me to talk to Carla since Mike said she's the one who knows how to make their parents leave. Carla told me she gives them the worst room in the house with the crappiest mattress and, ta- and towels and no TV. She doesn't let them buy food, buy any food or cook. She makes them food they don't really like and she keeps the big TV tuned to what she wants to watch and never their shows. If they break her rules, she complains out loud. Jesus. My husband wants me to do this, but thinking about that rude to my in-laws is stressing me out. It makes sense. I want my husband to just talk to his parents and set a reasonable time limit for their visit, but he can't. He says he can't because they'd never forgive him. Should I go along with treating my in-laws this way because my husband wants me to? Not sure I can, but I guess I could try. Um, seven weeks? 
So um, almost two months. And it, that is a lot. I mean, they are his in-laws, and I guess you could try it his way, but here's the thing. He has to be lockstep with you. If he's going to make this decision, he needs to make be he needs to act like you do. So if he's going to be rude, you need to be rude too. If he's going to be nice and talk to them and set standards, you got to be right there with him. Eventually, you have to basically, you know, you do got to support his decisions, but he kind of also has to support yours. So, I mean, in all reality, nobody wants to have like people just at their house longer than they are than they are welcome, and and then treat them treat them like shit just so they don't want to stay, because then it just makes you out to look like an asshole. So, I would always recommend the most amicable solution with the most amount of respect, because I don't see any real harm being done here as of yet. And the thing is, is that. Carla treats them like shit. You don't have to. And there might be a reason why they're staying with you because they don't like Carla. They don't like Carla because Carla treats them like shit. So maybe if they, if you start setting ground rules with them and, and, and you know, in precedence, you know, they might understand, oh, maybe we haven't been the greatest house guests. We need to change our ways. I'd start, start with the most respectful uh, path and then see what metabolizes from there. Metabolizes? Is that even the right word? I don't know, but we're going to use it. Let's move on to the next one. How can I get my friends... Uh-oh. How can I get my husband's friendly acquaintances to stop inviting themselves to holidays and calling us family on social media? That's weird. Um, my husband and I reconnected recently reconnected with an old friend from his high school. We are all in our 40s and live in the same area, many states away from where we grew up. We all lived there for 10 plus years, but only just connected with his old friend at the mutual friend's birthday party. We had a nice time catching up and agreed to make a better effort to hang out. We thought we had made new old friends, but now it's getting very intense, very fast, and I'm creeped out. (coughs) Excuse me. Shortly after this first reconnection, the husband of the old friend started texting my husband. Asking if we could get together for his wife's birthday. Okay, so man on man. All right. They were going to a sold-out concert later that night at a venue very close to our home, but wanted to get together beforehand. We happily agreed and suggested they could come over to our house, and we'd invite our mutual friends. And we thought uh, we could have a swim and a drink before they went to the concert. That makes sense. Through a series of texts, through a th- series of texts that got more and more bold. This casual get-together started to morph into us throwing her a surprise birthday party, including the husband asking what kind of food and alcohol we were going to serve, dictating preferences, asking how we were going to decorate, and then asking if we could get a specific kind of cake, telling us that this had all to be a big surprise. Personally, I would be mortified to arrive at a surprise party thrown by people I haven't seen or spoken to more than once in 20 years. But she seemed delighted. We served fruit and drinks and played music and swam until it was time for them to leave. And even though we felt sort of icky about how it all went down, we chalked it up to a very good time had by all. Okay. All right. Cool. Um, this The friend has now posted several times on social media with pictures and videos and long posts about how we love her so much and threw her a party and how we like her family and how grateful she, that we care so much for her party to get yourselves friends that we want to celebrate you. 
Also, since this is a long one, holy Jesus. Also, since this party has happened, they keep trying to shoehorn themselves into our lives, aggressively asking who's cooking Thanksgiving, you or us, and asking if they can come trick or treating with our kids because they don't have children. I have politely rebuffed both requests to spend the holidays with us, but just today I see she has posted a video reel of my husband dancing to Facebook and Instagram for his birthday with a long caption about how important family is and how much she loves us. And then she called us her best friends. She also texted me, why am I getting the weird vibe? Is it just me? Uh, I don't know. She also texted me and asked what we, meaning her and her husband and my family, are doing for uh, my husband's birthday, which is nothing. He's away on a work trip, and adult birthdays just aren't that big a deal to us, which I told her it's just a lot, too much. What am I dealing with here, and how do I back this way up? I'd like to be firm but not cruel. I feel there's mental health issues here, uh, and I do not have the wherewithal to help this person. I'd like to extricate. I'd just like to extricate myself and my family, but I don't know what we have gotten ourselves into. Um. So, the you have to talk to your husband. Um, and I don't I don't say that because he's the man of the house. I'm just I'm saying you guys discovered the new group together. You threw a big party for them. You didn't have to. You guys clearly don't run on the same wavelengths as these people. And if it seems like it's a lot, then maybe it is a lot. And you guys need to back that truck up. Um, in order to set the clear boundaries. Uh, but y you guys do have to talk about it before you talk about it with them. And just tell them, look, it's like, now we, we always do the holidays by ourselves. You know, just damper it down to the point where maybe they kind of get the hint. You're not being disrespectful because at the end of the day, you know, Good fences make good neighbors. You have a door that locks for a reason. Um, these are things. Now, this could go one of two ways. Let's say you and your husband are like, we don't, you know, we're we're not really on the same wavelengths as you guys. You know, we'll hang out from time to time. We love, you know, we appreciate you guys being so uh, appreciative of the things you know we've done for you or with you. Um, but we are definitely very private when it comes to holidays and th certain things. And uh, hopefully you'll like respect that. You know, we'll see you when, when we can. Uh, because obviously we've had some great times with you guys. It's just that it's a, bit, it's a bit much. And see how they respond online. Like, they should, obviously they shouldn't. But unfortunately, since they've already posted about you online, see how they react. See if they start making passive-aggressive comments. See if they start uh, posting photos and other stuff that kind of puts you in a negative light or hints towards you being in a negative light. If they don't do that, then they obviously respect your... They've respected your wishes or way of life. But if they don't and it starts to become passive-aggressive or just aggressive or harassing... You, then there's obviously a problem there. Don't chalk it up to mental health issues because we all got them, you know. We all got them. So, but that's a way to keep an eye on whether or not these people have good intentions or if there's something more, eh, I'm out of water.
more nefarious at foot. So that's, that's just a thought. Uh, let me know if you agree. Let's do one more. That one was a lot. We got a, we got a pallet. Um, oh, great. All right. Let's get into it. My in-laws have always required multiple invitations for any event. Dinner at our house, coming to our kids, concerts, recitals, events, joining us for a trip to the zoo. They declined the first couple offers with answers like we wouldn't want to intrude. Okay. Or, quote, we'd, we sure you'd enjoy doing that together just as a family. This is like the complete opposite of the, one, of the Q&A that we just went through. And then they finally... Then they then will it finally accept on the fourth plus offer, letting us know that they'd very much enjoy doing whatever the invite is for. I fucking love these people. Um, my husband said it's how everything was with both sets of grandparents when we're, when he was growing up too. They'd have to. Oh, it's like customary. They'd have to decline multiple times to make sure that you're not just offering out of obligation, and actually want them to join. I've always found it annoying. But he handled all of it, so it wasn't really my problem. Well, my husband unexpectedly passed away six months ago. I'm really sorry. Uh, I'm very sorry to hear that. While keeping them in our lives is important to me, I don't have the energy to invite my in-laws to everything five times after they missed a family cookout and a school play in months two, three after his death. My sister-in-law texted me, letting me know that her parents had called and said they were feeling left out and like, I don't want them around the kids anymore. I spoke to them and I told them that I never understood the need to invite slash decline multiple times. I won't be able to keep it up as much as my husband did. Okay. Well, that's understandable. You've had suffered, you've suffered a unmeasurable loss. So, you know, kudos to you for being that strong. Um, I told them that I would very much like to still them to join us for all the things that they previously did, but I would be inviting them to each event only once. And if they decline that invitation, I would assume that means they are not available and will not bring it up again. But we'll maybe send some pictures afterwards. If they accept, I will gladly welcome them to join us. In the months since then, I've stuck to that. Okay. I've invited once. Dave, de Dave declined every event. They've only seen their grandkids the one time I asked if we could go over there for dinner because the kids miss them. I want my kids to have a relationship with their grandparents who are loving and kind, but I don't want to play games with adults where I essentially end up begging them to join us for every event. Okay, fair. What's my side of the responsibility here? I thought I took care of it by directly addressing them before. Do I need to repeat that to them and tell them that I mean it? Do I need to invite them to everything five times despite their objections? Look, despite everything that has happened to you um, as of recently, uh, the fact that you've, at least according to the letter that you've written, and according to your side of the story, remember, I can only go on what was stated in the in the blog. All right, let's just state that right now. I can only go what was stated. So I have to assume that everything that was said, for the most part, unless I see blatant, flat-out bullshit, I have to assume that this is the truth of the most highest accuracy with the margin of error. There's always a margin of error, but this is the 
best account of the truth you can possibly get. Considering that you've had an unmeasurable loss, and despite all that, still managing to at least send out those invitations, and them knowing fully well that you are, they are invited, that they were appreciated, that you are trying to um, put you know keep this life together for your children, for yourself, for your mental health, all this stuff. You're still inviting them. You're still doing your part. You haven't excluded them. Um, the silliness of the four or five times, I get it. It is. It's silly. That was your husband's responsibility, but he's not. He's unfortunately not there anymore. So the burden falls on you, and you just you don't have time for that shit. You you don't, and you are doing a fantastic job based on the information that I received, of at least sending out the invitations and not forgetting about them. You haven't forgot about them. They just refuse to understand that. They need to understand it. It is. It's a lot for you to continuously invite them. I'm sure other people are going. They have every opportunity to show up, and they need to understand that the person that was inviting them four or five times isn't isn't around anymore, isn't is no longer with us, and the person sending their responsibilities is the one who suffered a huge loss, and they they are they need to be there for them. I think that's the best. Co- I I think they need to step up and be the grandparents they are supposed to be. Because you're the one who ha- is dealing with the most. Um, this is a you know a person you see every you saw every single day. Uh, you s- spent all your time and your energy with, you know, trusted your foundation of life with, and they're gone. And you need to now pick up the pieces and move on. You don't have time for anybody playing the polite game. If they if you invite them to be there, you want them there, then they need to be there, and that needs to be stated to them. Be like, listen. Well, everything that I just said, throw that on the table. They need to be there. They can't just disappear because of old customs. They need to be there. They need to be concrete. And they need to not uh, play the pity game. Be there. Support you so that the kids have um, adult figures to look up to and aspire to. Yeah, that looks good. I like that. Uh, That's a good way. I like that. Let's, let's, end, let's end on that. I think I like that. That, that works. Um, so if you have any questions, concerns, or comments about my uh, about the Q&As that we've done today or concerns about other topics and stuff like that, you can go ahead and email me through my website, positivesarcasm.com, or you can go ahead and hit me up through Instagram at positive underscore sarcasm. You can make comments on Rumble. Rumble's at positive sarcasm. Go ahead and subscribe there. Uh, I've been getting a couple hits lately on Rumble. I, I would like to keep it that way. Um, I really appreciate you guys uh, starting to trickle in things like that. You know, it's there's it's a, a lot of work goes into it, and I want more work to go into it because I want everything that I do to get better. Everything that I do, everything that I am, and everything that I'm for, I want to improve. That's my goal. Um, better late than never. But in the meantime, um, you can find me on the social media there. You can find me on the internet as far as the auto versions podcast, anywhere it's downloadable. You can go directly to my website and download to stream it. Uh, and uh, yeah, questions, concerns, comments, posing music for bodybuilders, go ahead, hit my site, email me with your requests. Awesome. Weeble app is available in the description down below. Use it. You won't regret it. In the meantime, thank you for listening, watching, and subscribing, and I'll talk to you all next week. Recorded here from the Spare Parts Studio. This has been a positive sarcasm presentation. (laughs) 